Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. The title of this sermon is Christ's Cure for Anxiety. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. How, how much are eggs a dozen right now? How much, Miss Anna? Five ninety-three for an eighteen count. That's the that's the white eggs, the real cheap ones, right? Yeah. Man, you try to get those those ones that are free range. That's a nine dollars for a dozen, I think. You got free eggs in the back back there that were brought to you by one of the families here in the church. Free eggs. Like you walked in and you're complaining when you go in the grocery store and you go, man, look how how expensive eggs are. And you just walked into church and somebody's providing you a dozen eggs. We're blessed. But see how our focus is? Like how quickly we can, we can walk into HEB during COVID. How many of you were like, why are we out of toilet paper? You got paper towels? You got newspaper? As my grandfather would say, there's a leaf outside. Go do what you got to do. You know, it's like, but we, we're so spoiled. And those things should not have control of us. They should definitely not bring us to a place of anxiety. And, and so in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You have the Holy Spirit that resides in you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. You need to understand like, that, that God is with you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a beautiful verse. Like if you're struggling, Isaiah 41.10 should be on your, like on your screensaver, on your phone, on the refrigerator. Because like it, it's, it's his righteous right hand that upholds you. God. It, it, it's, it's understanding like when those fear and discouragement and, and our attention gets focused on things that are, are, are we're playing the, the would have, could have, should have game. What if this happens? Or what, what, what if this goes this way? Well, what if I don't have this? And we're doing that with our finances. We're doing that with our jobs. We're doing that with our kids. And it can, it can drive us to a place of anxiety. And do you know at some point when we get to... Anxiety, can I tell you? And this is from my perspective. So I'm not trying to push that out on anybody else, but this was my perspective. Do you know how selfish it becomes? It's all about you and how things are affecting you. 
it becomes one-sided, meaning that, that it only, it, it's all what I'm going through. But we don't realize, like, when we're, when we're stressed out and, and, and dealing with anxiety, it affects the people around you. And, and, and so for me, one of the things I learned is I was putting so much, so much of myself in how is this going to impact, right? And, and I, I, I just, man, I, I crawled into a little ball. And you can ask any of my kids. They'll tell you. And, and then Christ came into my life. And, it, and all that changed because I started understanding the stress of the health. Because, look, when you've been sick since you were 28 years old, it is stressful. You're always dealing with something. Always. Even trying to get to Houston and being in a car. I can only go so much and bodies start shutting down. And, and, and just dealing with all of that. But it's the understanding. It's like that, that, that fear God can overcome. Do you understand I had fear doing this? I got paralyzed, paralyzed about planning a church because I had got diagnosed with porphyria. I had uh, an autoimmune disease when I came to Christ. The porphyria came right before I went to plant a church. And porphyria, what I was told at the time was it, it affects your, the way that your blood comes through the liver and, it, and what my body's doing is adding too much oxygen into the blood. And at some point, you know, they, they were telling me you're going to end up in the hospital for two, maybe a week to two weeks to have to have transfusions. And this was right before I was going to plant. And it paralyzed me. The fear, the anxiety, and I did not seek first the kingdom of God. And you're probably going, well, wait a minute, you're a pastor. No, we go through stuff too. Okay? It's just my stuff's on display for everybody. Right? But I, I go through stuff too. And I can remember for that, for that little month and a half, a two-month period, I was struggling. Then I had to teach Isaiah 41. And I read verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I need to get back on the horse. And I had to confess my sin. And you go, well, wait a minute. Well, Why? I was being disobedient to God. God had given me a calling. And I had allowed that anxiety. I allowed that stress. I allowed that fear to paralyze me. And I didn't do what I was called to do. So step one was, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. And can I tell you, I've been, this, this is year three. This weekend is the start of year three for this church. And I have not gone one time to the emergency room for transfusions or any of that stuff but that's what fear does it cripples you you start getting on google you start reading about your illness and you're like oh my gosh you know it's like don't do that like if you're going to go get a procedure don't read about it just go do it because the fear will you you'll back yourself out of doing the procedure because you're reading about it or you're seeing now there's videos which i can't even imagine you see a video of a surgery and you're like oh my gosh they're going to do that to my back or they're going to do that to my leg. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. But it's like we have to understand, like we our perspective. And I love this because in verse 26, we get a cure uh, that first seeks a heavenly perspective. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? So here's your homework assignment for everybody. 
I want you to go bird watching today. Most of you have birds in your yard, right? And I want you to, to try to realize how many of those birds are panicked, stressed out, worried. None of them. None of them. But I want you to watch them for a little bit. We live in a desert. The, the San Antonio is a desert. Let me just tell you that. It's, it's, it's got some greenage right now, but it'll, when July hits, it'll be, it'll be brown. And, and, and you think to yourself, how are the birds getting water? Like, how are they surviving? It's 110 outside. How are they surviving the heat? God provides. God provides everything they need. God provides. And I love that. Now, it doesn't mean that you just sit home and do nothing. Well, God will provide it. No, you need to, you need to, God's got a purpose for you. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For even uh, when we were with you, we would give you this command. If, if anyone is not willing to work, let them not eat. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than the unbeliever. So you, you, you must not only spiritually feed your body, but you've got to physically eat as well. And, and that requires some, some work on your part. But I want you to actually look at the birds and observe them. I mean, they're, they're, everything's being taken care of. It's everything they need. But I love that he says, are you, not, are you not of more value than they? Some of y'all, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you all this too about your teens. Some of y'all think they have no value. You need to encourage your kids constantly. Build them up. Build them up. Because they, 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 in this culture that we're in, they don't, they don't see the things that are valued are the things of this world. The things that God sees value in is that they can be a child of God. That they're his. And, and we sometimes our, our, our focus is, is, is on, you know, look, having them look at, at God and, and, and understand that their value comes from Christ. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, it says, But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Like he, he every hair on your head, even me and Wayne. Wayne's got, you still, did you grow your hair? I get to see, well, there you go. I still have a little, I mean, believe it or not, there's little hairs here. But every hair on our head has been numbered. That's how much he cares for you. That he knows that. And he's wanting that relationship with you. There's value in that. Like he's wanting, like he's seeking to be with you. He's wanting that. And you should be seeking that same presence. But you should also be teaching your kids that there's value in that. There's value in that. You need to teach them that their relationship with Christ should never go on the back burner. Never. Not for sports. Because I've seen, look, I've seen some Christian parents that have put sports above God. Not over sports. Not over dance or karate or any of that other stuff. It's their value is in God. So their relationship with God should be primary. But that means, mom and dad, your relationship with God should be primary as well. That means when the stress happens with finances or the stress happens with, oh, we got hail and I got a hole in the roof. We got to fix it, right? But they, don't, they can't see you get freaked out over that stuff. Like, you know what? Praise God, the house is still standing, right? We got four other rooms that don't have rain coming in. We're okay. We'll get up on the roof and get it fixed. Like, they have to see you handling things in a godly way. They have to see that your relationship with Christ is not on the back burner. 
I love in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, it says, And he told them a parable, saying, The land of the rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? I, uh, for, now, uh, for I have now nowhere to store my crops. And he says, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Our, our kids need to see that their treasure needs to be laid up in heaven. Like your life, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but any of us could go home today and that'd be our last time here on earth. You're not promised tomorrow. So you live for Christ today. You be busy doing the things that God has called you to do. And he says in verse 27, And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? You can't. Worry doesn't do anything. You know what worry does? Worry actually causes health issues. When you're stressed out and you're dealing with high anxiety, it actually starts taking time away from your life because it stresses out your body. I love David because David says in Psalm 63, verses 6 and 7, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on the watches of the night, you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. David was being hunted to be killed and hiding in the wilderness, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to God, and I have joy in that, right? And we need to remember that. Like, we, we have to remember that. In verse 28, it says, and when I... Uh, when, why are you, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, uh, will, he not, uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know, we were driving up to uh, Houston and the blue bonnets were coming out. Now, do we know exactly what day the blue bonnets come out? No. They just show up. This is probably the easiest illustration for us. Because guess what? Do we know when the blue bonnets are going to disappear? We do not. They just all of a sudden, they're gone. And that's it. They come and go. Does anybody do anything on those roads? Because I know we were driving on I-10. Ain't nobody working the soil. They just pop up. God does that. God does that. And that's what he's trying to get you to understand. It's like I, I've never seen a, a, a flower worry or toil or spin. But he's saying, look, I, I, I take care of that. And you're more value than that. Put your eyes on me. Stop worrying about all this other stuff. When we start doing that, the anxiety begins to, to, the, to lift and, and disappear. And yes, it can come back. But you've got to go back to the same thing, which is to seek first the kingdom of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to, you, to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you're struggling with your mind, the peace of God comes through what? Prayer. And if you can't pray... We talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. And if, if you need somebody to sit with you and pray with you, then you call them. If you need just to go do coffee with somebody, you go do that. 
If you go, look, man, I can't even get out of bed. I need somebody just to come over and sit with me. Then you do that. Don't be, don't allow, don't allow um, pride to get, keep you from getting the help that you need. Because God will provide it. God will provide it. He says in verse 31, Therefore do not be anxious, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. What he's saying is when you're worrying, the reason why he uses the Gentiles, he's saying an unbeliever. Now, somebody in the world that doesn't know God, we expect them to worry and stress and have high anxiety. But somebody who knows God intimately and has a, a, a relationship with God and seeking the presence of God, he's saying, look, don't be like an unbeliever. You know God. You have God. You're my child. I am your Abba Father. Just call out to me. Just cry out. Just bring that stress to me. And, 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 and I think that's one of the things that, that, you know, that we forget to do. Because he tells you already that your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He already knows what your needs are. He already knows your needs. It's, you know, I've heard it said that worry is like a rocking chair. It's a lot of movement and it doesn't go in anywhere. That's what worry does. You're just moving back and forth. But the chair is not going nowhere. And he tells you finally in verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He tells you, seek first the kingdom of God. That's where our focus should be. There's so many other things to seek today. But as a follower of Christ, the first thing we should do is seek first the kingdom of God. You know, if you have somebody who's a relative or a friend or somebody who's really struggling with suicidal thoughts or, or they're struggling with anxiety or depression, if they don't know God, their first answer is God. To seek first the kingdom of God, that's what you need to share with them. The hopelessness that you feel, the loneliness that you feel, can, that hole that you feel in your heart that just can't... God. It's God. But for us as followers of Christ, we are to first seek the kingdom of God and, and I think we, we've, we lost perspective of that I think a lot of people lost perspective of that during COVID they were seeking all kinds of stuff and, and there was a lot of misinformation out there a lot and, and we, we have to first seek the kingdom of God I, you know I go okay well there's World War 3 well then I'll be gone like this because I already know what happens during a nuclear war <laughs> we used to train for that stuff I'm like, let's just, you just have to, hey, it is what it is. Seek first the kingdom of God. I need to be busy about doing what I have to do today for God. You know, one of the things that really helps when we're, when we're struggling with our, ourselves is, is, is in dealing with our stuff is serving. It takes our eyes off of the stuff that we're dealing with. When you step out and serve. Like when you see that there's somebody who's going through something a lot worse than what you're going through. Because I don't care who you are, because that's what God does. Is God's, God, I love God. And I think God loves us so much, and he goes, look at what this person's going through. You think that you have an illness, meet this person. And you hear what they're going through, and you're like, man, I don't have it that bad. It's the reality of it. I think God puts people in our place sometimes to show us that you don't have it that bad. You're going through it, yes, but it could be worse. It's, it's to remember that we seek first the kingdom of God. To, do people struggle with that in the Bible? Yes. 
You know, you, you had Elijah, he was, he was ready to go home. In verse 4 of 1 Kings 19, 4, uh, 4 he says, um, But he himself went a, a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It's enough now, O Lord, take, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Now, he wasn't going to commit suicide. What he was trying to do is just saying, I'd be better off dead. I'm exhausted. I have poured myself out to the point where I can't do anything else. I'm done. I'd be better off dead at this point. He's at a very low place. But I love in that scripture what you see is that God sends, sends an angel, right? And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I believe when you cry out to God, God sends help. God will give you wisdom. God will give you discernment. God will give you direction. But seek first the kingdom of God. We seek first the kingdom of God. And he tells us in verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How many of y'all focus on the future too much? You're worrying about things that are that have not happened and you start worrying about okay well what's going to happen next week or the week after well i have this thing and then i have and then this is happening or the kids are dealing and, and it's like you're you're not even focused on today he's trying to get you to understand there's enough anxiety there's enough worry for tomorrow focus on me seek first the kingdom of god and focus on me today don't allow that stuff to take over and, and, and it's like you, you're, you're focusing on him. You're not, you're not focused on the past. You're, you're, you're not focused on the future. You're focused on today. And that's why he tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that I have already obtained this, I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I press on. And James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life for that? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes for a moment. You have to understand that there's, your time here on this earth is very limited. Eternity is what you should be focused on. Because what you do today impacts eternity. And so that's what happens when we're worried about all this other stuff. We're not focused on the things that God is asking or seeking. or We're not following His will. We're, we're following our anxiety. We're following our fears. We're following uh, just the, the stress of the week. And he's trying to get, you to, he's trying to get us to, to focus on, hey, you've you got to focus on the kingdom of God and focus on today. Worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. When you're worried, you're emptying today of its strength. When you're worried about the things of the, the future. In Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely at heart, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so when we look at these verses one of the things that we we want to make sure is that we are seeking first the kingdom of god that means that we live the way that god wants us to live we're not we're not worried about past sins that we can't fix some of y'all are still dealing with stuff that you did months ago years ago 
And God's already forgiven you of that. And it's still hindering you today. Or maybe it's unforgiveness. But he's focused on, like, focus on living right now and serving. Serving God, serving others. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. We should be focused on others. There are a lot of people struggling with anxiety and stress and depression today. And we know that our, young, our youth are. We've seen the statistics of it. So if we were going to do application on this, I would first say, are you anxious about anything? Did you come in the doors worried about something? And, and worry, remember, it's, it's God is in control. Just remember that verse in Daniel. He sets up kings. He removes kings. Like It's God that's in control. But do you really trust that? Second, your application is to go bird watching. And take your kids bird watching. Just ask them, hey, let's sit in the yard and let's watch the birds. Do they seem stressed out? Do they seem worried? Do you know that you're more valued than they? And finally, if you're struggling with any kind of anxiety or stress or worry, sweet children, are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 